We are back with another episode of Rhythms of Grace. My name is Nate. I am here with Sung, the lead pastor of Grace Church, and our third co-host, Christine, is still not with us, but she will be back. She will be soon. Yeah, she will be back next week, and uh, we're looking forward to that because in the meantime... We're just going to make stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did cover some parts of last week, what I wanted to talk about this week. Okay. But that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll, uh, put that in there, but there is uh, an aspect of discernment that I don't know how often gets talked about, but really is an important aspect of that, Mm -hmm. which is whenever you're trying to make a decision, um, there's always an aspect of waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's for somebody else to respond or for something to happen, it's, it, rarely is it just you make a decision and then everything falls into place just right. all by yourself. Right. There's other people involved. And so um, with, like, w- with waiting, like we often think of waiting as like waiting in a doctor's office. Mm. You just sit around like, okay, until this decision is made. It's like nothing, ha- like yeah. nothing happens essentially. Right. But that, that's not really true, is it? Well, it shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, I well, I mean, just as I do think that sometimes people do that. I, I right. do think sometimes people say in anticipation of a decision, like, uh, like everything stops. Yeah, you know what I yep. mean. And that's not necessarily uh, the the best way to go about decision making or discernment. Yeah. So so what so what does we're going to talk about healthy waiting, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, let's do it. Yeah. So you you shared uh, right before we started recording what uh, an image of waiting that I, I thought was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when I think of waiting in anticipation of either a change um, or a transition or a decision, the imagery that, that comes to mind for me is pregnancy. Like, there, like when a baby is born everything changes. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the nine months leading up to that baby being born, you're not doing anything, right? right? Both a a woman physically is obviously undergoing a tremendous amount of physical changes that need to be accounted for. Um, In the same way, you sort of have to, especially if it's your first kid, you have to sort of structure your circumstances and structure your physical space in anticipation of like, the baby being born, yeah, you know? And so there's all of these things that go into that. And even though the, the actual change is the baby coming, the, the waiting period, those nine months are full of activity. <laughs> right. I mean, I w- yeah, whether it's classes or buying cribs or, you know, all, I mean, I can think of a billion things that we had to do to get ready. Right. For and, and not only are there things externally, but biologically, mm-hmm. so many things are happening that you don't even feel or see. Yeah. yeah. But still also need your care and attention. Yeah. Nutrition is so critical, yeah. you know, in those early stages. So there's still something that needs to be done even as you're waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where, um, active, healthy waiting is very different from passive, you know, it's almost neglectful yeah. um, because you just feel powerless. Yeah. And so, um, in fact, I, I have a friend who recently retired and in anticipation of retiring, he called a number of friends who had already retired mm. and he met with them for breakfast over a period of time, numerous times, and just wanted to hear what were some of the challenges and, and just getting perspective from other people. And so um, 
he could have easily just been like, well, I'm just going to coast. Yeah. I got three months till I retire. Right. Why? You know, but in, I mean, and, and this was really great. He, he, he actually said to me, Sung, um, I, I want to, I, I don't want to be a, a lame duck. Mm. I, I want to remain active. I, I, uh, I want to be involved in, in my work and in my role uh, up until the very end. Mm. And so, which was, which is a rare thing. It is. And in the meantime, even before he was, he re- actually retired, he had all these conversations. And so I, I talked to him before he retired and he, he's telling me all these lessons that he's learned. And so mm. again, it's not just this, well, you know, here I am. I'll just kind of go into the office, do my thing, put in my hours and then I'm done. Yeah. There was a leaning forward. Yeah. That I, I, I came away with a lot of lessons. One of which is uh, that, that he, he did, and and I think, um, and I'll speak for myself. I think this it's really good, and it's it's hard for me. It is in in waiting, in active, healthy waiting. What you really want to do is you 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 really want to be present mm. to today. Yeah, like be where you're at. Yeah, even even with the change still in the future, you're mm-hmm. saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my tendency is to like I'm so future oriented. Oh, I can't wait for the next thing. Yeah. Right, so I could see myself easily falling into if I were in the same situation as my friend, and one day I will be like, "Oh man, retirement is going to be great!" Right, right, right. You know, here's all my plans I'm yeah. going to do. And then, You're buying plane tickets and putting together <laughs> travel itineraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, it's like what I'm I'm not present. Yeah. To my employer, to my coworkers, yep. to the people around me, and so that like right there, you're you're. I'm not being faithful, mm-hmm. right? And, um, uh, and the other thing that he did is talking to all these people like in anticipation, like the pregnancy illustration. Yeah, you, you talk to so many other folks. Hey, how was it, you know, uh, with your first child? What was it like in the hospital? Yeah. You, you, you go visit physicians and doctors and you do all these things. You take classes. And sometimes when you're, we're, we're waiting in the midst of transition, we just think, there's nothing to do. Yeah. So uh, one of the examples that came to mind, I'll give two stories, two true stories. Um, so I, I remember there was a season at a, at a church that I was at where we would, people could like write in prayer requests or something like that. And this one individual wrote every single week, like I am, I'm praying for God to bring me a spouse <laughs> every single week. I mean, and this went on for minimally months, <laughs> potentially years. But every single week, I'm praying for God to bring me a spouse. Pray, pray that God brings me a spouse, blah, 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 blah. And it, it was like static waiting. Just like, yeah. well, I mean, she's going to not. Well, I just gave away. that I was trying to keep it gender neutral. Uh, but, um, you know, she's going to knock on my door and that'll be it, you know. Um, I had another friend uh, who went through, he got married very, very young went unfortunately went through a divorce relatively young as well um but he essentially said like you know Nate I never really had sort of the like I never really dated much like my wife and I had met in high school I you know this whole like engaging in a new relationship is really scary to me so I've determined over the next 6 months I'm just going to go on a bunch of dates I'm going to be upfront with everybody that I'm just sort of like trying to like reengage with this area of my life that, you know, I, I don't have hardly any experience in. 
And so that's what he did. Yeah. He just started going on dates with people. Um, and and very quickly, uh, not too quickly, it was a definitely an appropriate period mm-hmm. of time, he met someone and, and ended up getting remarried. Mm. Um, but his his season of waiting for a spouse was very, very active. Right. He was like, I'm practicing talking to to women that aren't my wife. I'm practicing like developing intimacy. I'm practicing, you know, what it's like to, to sort of um, engage with someone in this way. And it very quickly became uh, uh, one of them, one of the girls that he was um, seeing, they got married, wow. you know? So there's just the difference, right? Yeah. Between sort of just like, Say I'm praying, I'm praying, and I I'm I feel like I've seen that a lot. Yeah. I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, versus a much more active way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's also an important thing to understand. Is active waiting means um, that uh, to understand one first, God is doing something in your life, even though you may not feel it or see it, and uh, He's preparing you for something. That's coming up, and it, it is partly our responsibility to to also uh, respond to what God is doing, and that means uh, I, I'm going to go back to kind of living uh, today and being present and being faithful today. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm going to read a quote here from uh, an author, Brendan Manning. Uh, he's written um, the Ragamuffin Gospel and a number of other books. He's a Catholic priest who um, a self-admitted alcoholic, recovering, and all sorts of things. But he says this in one of his books. He says, I've decided if I had my life to live over again, I would not only climb more mountains, swim more rivers, and watch more sunsets. I would not only go barefoot earlier in spring and stay out later in the fall, but I would devote not one more minute to monitoring my spiritual growth. What would I actually do if I had to do it all over again? I would simply do the next thing in love. Mm. And just, you could, you could sense his sense of like, I am present to God. Yeah. I am present to the life he has given me. And uh, again, that doesn't negate the, the, uh, the wisdom of planning and preparing. Right. But again, I think, uh, again, I'll speak for myself. I, 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 I can skip that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so active waiting is like your friend. Like, yeah, you know what? I, I'm not just going to wait till somebody knocks on my door. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God and I'm going to go on these dates. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to, whatever that looks like. And so I, I think that's, that's a, a better way to think about waiting. Yeah, you know, in some ways I've often thought that what we as people of faith really have to offer the world, I mean, it's Jesus, right? But in some ways I think the thing about Jesus that I find most captivating is how present he was to the people around him. I mean, he was present to the people around him in a way that no one else was, and really we are do a horrible job of it now. Um, I actually had a friend of mine who said, I think that if we were able to meet Jesus in the flesh, the thing that would amaze us the most was how present yeah. he was. Um, and I think that that's the gift that we have to bring, you know, and, and I, we, we let it go for different reasons, right? You're sort of like visionary and you're think you're excited about new ideas in the future. For me, my list of responsibilities can feel so long that I'm thinking about like, what do I have to do as soon as I'm done with this? But both of those things take us out of the present, right, right? Right. And that really does a disservice to the people around us. But I also think that it is sacrificing one of the greatest gifts that people of faith have been given, 
to, to, to bring to the world and the people around them. Yeah. How many times and parents, you all can relate to this. You're with your kids and, um, you're not present because you're on the phone or you're doing something else or you're too tired from whatever you were doing before. Yeah. 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 And then going back to that Brennan Manning quote, right? Like, what would it look like to be like, if I had to do my life over again, Mm -hmm. right? And, And you and I have experienced this. Our kids grow up so fast. Oh man. And then those are the moments you realize, man, if I could go back and be more present, that's the very thing that, that we're sacrificing when we give that up. Yep. And so in the midst of waiting, um, that's one thing, just be present. And it's sometimes it can feel counterintuitive, right? Like in order to prepare for the future, you must be fully present in, in the now, like that can feel counterintuitive, but, but at least, and I'm not that old, but from my current, (laughs) I look back and I'm like, Oh my goodness, more, more time being present in the moment would have better prepared me for almost everything that came in my life. You know, yeah. that's just, that's the, that's the truth of it. We're going to, we're going to talk about regret later. That's going to be one. I mean, it is for real, you know? So yeah, present in the moment is, is, I don't want to say ironically, because in some ways it feels like one of those greater mysteries, you know, where it's like being in the present is one of the best ways to prepare for the future that God is bringing you. Yeah. What do you do in term in, in times of waiting? What do I do? Um, well, and I mean, one of the one of the things that I have found to always be a valuable exercise when I feel like I'm in a waiting period, and we touched on this last episode, but it's it's like I try to learn about myself. I try to understand more deeply what are my drivers, what are my um, triggers, what are my dysfunctions, like what are the things that I that are moving me in a direction that I am not perhaps consciously aware of because, uh, and again, I, I, I don't always live the most reflective life. Um, I can find myself down a path and sort of be like, how the heck did I get here? Right? Like a bunch of things must have happened, but oh my goodness, why am I so unbelievably anxious or why am I, why is my temper so short or even why do I find myself feeling so much joy and peace right now? Sometimes I don't even know where those come from, you know? So when I know that I'm in a waiting season, either anticipating a change or, um, or just sort of like knowing that circumstances are, are shifting, I can feel them. Uh, I try to learn more about myself, yeah. man. And the more you learn about yourself, the more you're able to articulate and identify your wants yeah. and desires yeah. like we talked about in previous episodes. And in learning about yourself too, we have a whole season, season two on the Enneagram that I think has been a really helpful tool. And I think knowing God and knowing yourself are like two really good tools. Yeah. Uh, while you're waiting, yeah. I've had people tell me after, let's say, a, a relational breakup, saying, "Well, uh, I'm not, I'm not jumping to the next relationship. I'm taking time to really." Uh, th- they will say, "Like, um, w- work on myself," mm-hmm. but that that also means, you know, understanding a deeper level of yep. who you are, yep. of examining even the previous relationship and, and going, "What were the things that triggered me? Why did I act that way or yeah. not act that way?" Yeah. And so that's what it means is to to come to a deeper understanding of yourself. And when you do that, you come to a deeper understanding of who God is as yeah. well too. I love that. Um, I love that this is, uh, th- that these, both of these things feel in some ways counterintuitive. The first one saying like being fully present helps you 
you know, be equipped for the future. And in some ways, like, like spending time working on yourself, which doesn't feel necessarily, uh, very like always forward thinking. It feels sort of like introspective, sort of like people can accuse you of being like nasal gazing or gazing or something like that. But that, that also is actually equipping you to, to go out, you know, sort of like the inward journey, can prepare you for the outward journey. Absolutely. And it can feel counterintuitive. You can feel like, well, I should be working on whatever, skills or resume, networking, all of these like external things in anticipation of change. Um, and ironically, or we'll call it, you know, sort of like the mystery of life is that the opposite can be true. Looking in can actually be the most effective thing you can do. Right. And that is the area that is most neglected. I would even say within like Christi- Western Christianity, right? It's yeah. all about externals. And un- until you go on the inner journey, there is no journey. Yeah. It- it- it's just uh, it's just a facade. It's, yeah. it's a show. Yep. Um, and so that, that, and that's actually the harder work. And and I've talked about this. We've talked about this in previous episodes too. Like, you know how hard it is. It's like when you, when, when you're trying to spend time with God and, and the, the, one of the hardest parts of my daily routine is to like, to, to, to clear the deck, Mm. not only in my heart and soul, but in my mind. Yeah. Right. And, And just to be with God and be with myself yeah. because my first impulse is what do I need to do? Who do I need to see? Yeah. And so this inner journey, and there's a number of resources and, and, and books and um, apps that we could talk about, but there's like, that is so vital to any transition. And maybe the reason why God has you in this waiting period is because he wants to do that inner work. Yeah, in you. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about my transition from life working at the church to primarily working, uh, you know, on our family farm slash homestead is the amount of silence that I live in day to day. And I find that even when I'm driving, I don't really want to listen to the radio anymore. Like I'm just like the more that I experience silent, like good silence, yeah. right? The more I feel the benefit of it and the more I crave it, you know, I often work, um, most of my day without sounds other than the work that I'm doing, whether I'm in the blacksmith shop or whether I'm, you know, working with the animals or putting up fences, it's just sort of like the noise of what I'm doing. Um, and I have found that that quietness of mind as being really helpful in some of the self-knowledge that I feel like I've gained and even in my ability to sort of understand what I think God is doing in me. Um, but man, that's hard to find, right? It is. You know, when you have a, when you have your phone in your pocket or some of us have work that is very, you just have to learn where you can find those moments. Right. And I think that's important. Where, how do you find cracks in your day? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was just a crack in Moses' day where he saw the burning bush. Yeah. And so it is possible. You don't have to be a homesteader. Yeah. <laughs> to, right. To but you should be. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's a paradox. And we've been talking about that all along, right? Like you, you need to do the inward journey. Yeah. You need to have silence if, you, if you're going to go on the outward journey. Um, I mean, I would say, honestly, I think... Uh, we spend so much time in our cars. I think that's an underutilized window where you can experience um, or live into silence in yeah. a new way. I mean, the car is, we almost never 
what's it called? Single task in the car. There's always, you know, we're on it. We're talking on our phones or we're listening to the radio or listening to all good things. Yeah. But when, um, times of silence are so precious and so few and far between, it might be better to have that be a discipline, whether it's like just maybe it's on your way home from work yeah. or your way to, to or somewhere in there, create a rhythm of silence. It, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's exactly my commute to the office from home. It's about seven minutes. Okay. But that's where um, each morning I will, uh, I intercede for people. Yeah. My family, my parents, my in-laws. I pray for uh, spiritual leaders. I, I pray for you. I continue mm-hmm. to pray for you, even though you're not on staff and your family. I pray for world events, and I pray for you know those who I know who are struggling, and I pray for myself. I mean, and, and admittedly, even before halfway through the journey, I, my mind wanders. Sure. Right? Sure. I'm like, oh, wait, what was the last thing I was praying for? But again, like, it's seven minutes. Yeah. It's not even that long. <laughs> right. But that has to, that yeah, and so just just to affirm like that that can be that can become your sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a little bit we're a little bit off, but I just want to share one other thing that I've started doing that that again came out of finding silence, which is that um, I have started. Uh, I don't even know that I don't even know if my wife knows that I do this, but the work that I'm doing on the farm, I sort of like use it as a framework for prayer. Mm-hmm. That so if I'm if I'm like working right now I'm remodeling a kitchen and I just like let myself pray about the food that will be prepared there like the the people that will be there over the course of the, hopefully the generations of my family um, you know if I'm in if I'm like working with the animals I'm praying for the you know the meals that they will someday provide just finding it just trying to let it be but you can't. There isn't space for that framework unless you have silence, yeah. right? Like I would never have found that unless I had been able to sort of find silence first. And even if it's not silent, I think what's required is just intentionality. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I thought you were going to go somewhere else, but closely relate to, to that, there are moments when I do, I have frameworks of different routines mm. where I think, so for example, uh, when I shower um, at night, I, it, it is a time of cleansing and repentance, mm, it, mm-hmm. like inner cleansing, right? There are moments, and this is good both physically but also spiritually, like because I, I tend to go, 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 there can be a tendency just to, for me to breathe in and out really shallow, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And there are moments when I catch myself and just, yeah. just stop. Oh, totally. And just take a deep breath, like let it sink in. And in, that, in those moments, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I'm breathing in more of you. Mm. And then I, I, as I exhale, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I am like exhaling any toxicity in my soul. Yeah, yeah. And as simple as that is, yep. and, and it is in the midst of other people. Mm. I, I, you don't need to be like all alone or right. where it's all quiet. It, it can be in normal day-to-day routine things yeah. that you find those moments. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I, w- I will say that in some ways it's... It, it's easier to do it's easier for some people and I'm one of those people it's easier to do those things in the midst of crowd and busy if I have practiced them in <laughs> you know by myself first but that's True. part of that's because I'm easily distractible and all sorts of things but um, I have been able to find like you can find those times of, of quiet mm-hmm. simply in your own mind despite perhaps chaotic circumstances around you yeah 
Man, we've, I, I feel like we've gone a couple of degrees <laughs> off we, course. We I don't remember what we started talking well, we, about. We were talking about in times of, in waiting. Times of, cha- of waiting, yeah, yeah. yeah like l- learning about yourself. That's right. Like that's the right. inward journey helps prepare you for the outward journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we went. I, I think one other thing that you could do, especially um, in, in times of waiting, is, um, and we've, this is what we touched upon a bit last, last episode, but really... Uh, um, uh, being in community, uh, uh, um, not only being in community, but also sharing with them, um, you know, Hey, could you pray for me in this mm-hmm. area? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I will admit, I am really bad at asking people to pray for me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, but, um, I, I have I, I have my theories of why I think I'm bad at that, <laughs> but but um, it, it's really important. I, I think that's another part. It's like, hey, I, I'm in this transition. Um, I'm I'm waiting. Can you be in prayer? So inviting others into yeah. the circle of your life yeah. to be in prayer with you and for you. Yeah. Um, and, and finding yourself in community because I think it's easy, especially let's say you're waiting to retire, you're waiting to move to a different city. It's easy at that moment to disengage. Mm-hmm. And think, well, you know, I'm I'm moving anyways. Mm-hmm. So, why stay engaged? Yeah. Um, why stay in community? Yeah. But- yeah. You said something um, that actually reminded me of the conversation my wife and I were having at the table shortly before uh, I came over here, actually, um, which is that in uh, developing community often begins with vulnerability, mm-hmm. your vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and that's what you were saying is yeah. like, it's hard for me, but if I'm going to develop community, I need to be inviting people into my life yeah. in a way where I'm asking them to pray for me. And I think most of us are much more, uh, comfortable providing help than receiving help. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not universal, but it's just generally true. And the reason we were talking about it is that we were talking about building community in our neighborhood and people don't l- live in rural areas unless they have a strong sort of independent streak, you know, and most of my neighbors are super willing to help and, um, extremely hesitant to accept help. Yeah. And so what I was, what we were talking about today at the table was, Oh, I think developing community looks like me learning to ask for help because that's how those relationships are going to grow. And at some point they will, my neighbors might need help. They're far more likely to ask me if they've already been helping me. So, so again, it's like this weird thing and you're talking about it in terms of prayer, in terms of saying, I have to be the one who is willing to sort of be vulnerable first. Mm -hmm. And I have a strong independent. I don't want to ask, I don't want to ask my neighbors (laughs) for help. I don't, I really, really don't. Right. But I was realizing, Oh, I think that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And so in seasons of waiting, like being vulnerable with people around you is what builds community. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, man. It's, it's, it's true. Right? <laughs> you know, like for example, like I, I'm not going to be uh, in, in, in the next episode because, so I mean, here's a good example. And it's not even that vulnerable, but just to show how much I struggle with this. So um, I, I take off for two weeks. I'm going to be visiting some missional partners and missionaries out in Nepal and, and Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, for the next two weeks. So that's why I won't, I won't be on the podcast episode, but 
um, Dave, one of our pastors, was like, hey, son, can, can you share a prayer request uh, so that we could share that at all of our locations? Mm. Because you're going to be meeting up, with, uh, meeting with uh, one of the church planters we support, and we uh, recently helped buy him a motorbike and help build him a, a small church building so his church can i mean it, it, they're just packed in his house right now so we're gonna i'm, I'm gonna be there to uh, be part of his ordination and dedicate the building then um uh, there's a, a christian organization called destiny rescue that does uh helps uh young people uh leave sex trafficking mm-hmm. Uh, I'm meeting with a founder there in Bangkok. So I'm meeting with like a couple of significant missional partners of our church. And, um, and you don't want to float a prayer request. No. <laughs> and Dave's like, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, duh, like, yes, of course. Right. right? But it was not my default response. Yeah. And, and oftentimes when people ask me, Hey, what can I be praying for you? Mm. I'm like, ah, you know, I, I, I don't say this, but inside I'm like, ah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is like the height of arrogance sure. and self-sufficiency. Sure. And, 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 uh, and, and so even with the, the trip, I'm like, well, I, uh, and again, like, yeah, I, I know the, the irony of what this will sound like, but I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't need prayer for that. Right. But I do. Yeah, desperately. <laughs> it's gotta be bathed in yeah. prayer. And again, like, it's so hard. Yeah. And so in, in other ways, it's like, um, and like you were saying, people have different reasons for not being vulnerable or not inviting people into community. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point of, of like when you feel most vulnerable, uh, because you're, let's say, in the midst of a decision, that's oftentimes when people clam, clamp up and, yeah. and they're the least vulnerable. Yeah. When they're going through a hard time, that's when they don't want to share with people because like, oh, then people will see. I'm like, right. you know, I'm struggling with depression or I got this issue or that issue. And again, I, I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a great, I think that's a great uh, way to continue to actively wait just yeah. lean into community, practice vulnerability. Um, and again, it's one of those things. And there have been several things like this that we've talked about where it's like you can take baby steps, you know, take baby steps in the waiting periods that when things get tough, it's not like you're taking your first step into vulnerability, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. So if you're listening to this podcast episode, I am probably out there right now. So please be praying for me. I yeah. desperately need it. <laughs> that was great, Sung. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> baby steps, baby <laughs> right? steps. Right. Any other any other thoughts on actively uh, waiting that come to your mind as we talk about what it looks like to be in that season? Um, n- not not really. I mean, we talked about. Um, yeah, let's do a recap. Yeah, what did we talk about? We talked about. Um, Oh my gosh, this is so bad. We literally, it was just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, be, I mean, we talked about- Be present. Be present. Be present today and That's be faithful. Right. That's right. Uh, know yourself. Know yourself better. And then- Lean into community. Yeah, invite people oh, man. into community. If, if, if I could do those things well, well, we'll talk about regret next week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to, uh, even though I won't be here, man- I, I can't wait to, like, can you please share a bit of your list of regrets? You, you I know, mean, in, in, the, in the next episode. 
you want me to list them now? No, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I'm so just saying. Hey, can can, can you? I sure? I will have lots of regrets to share. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll start making a list. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to hear my uh, laundry list of lifetime regrets, uh, check us out next week. Thanks so much for making it to the end of this episode. We hope that you will continue to join us here on Rhythms of Grace. <laughs>